This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. I'm your host, Bev Jones. I'm an executive coach and the author of Find Your Happy at Work. That's a book about taking charge of your career and making it much more rewarding. In today's show, we'll talk a lot about your career. Our return guest is Mark Anthony Dyson. He's a well-known expert on job search and on job success. You might want to check out his website, The Voice of Job Seekers. There's lots of information there, but today we'll share some of it. We'll talk about the current job market and how it might evolve in the future, and we'll look at ways people on both sides of the generational divide can thrive at work. Mark will offer advice about how you can create a more effective job search and about how you can improve your situation now, even if you don't want to change jobs. Mark, since you were here last time here on Jazzed About Work, which was less than a year ago, it feels like the workplace, the job market, everything about work has changed considerably. And so there are many ways we can go today. There's so much to talk about. But before we get into the big picture, I'm always interested to hear what you're up to because you're always up to something interesting. So tell us what you're doing these days, please. Well, thank you again for the opportunity. It's always wonderful to speak with you. And also thank you for coming on my show. Uh, which was last fall, and uh, it was wonderful having you. Uh, since then, uh, well, pretty much it's been the same thing, content, content, and more content. Uh, what often changes is where I am. Uh, I'm writing regularly or fairly regularly for Lenza.com, and Lenza is a job site, and they've ramped up their content. Uh, so they uh, they actually approached me and asked me to come on board and to write some content for them. And it's a little bit different twist than what I've written in the past, although I've done this type of content before. It's a little it's more investigative uh, writing. Uh, I want to say journalism, but that's such a mm-hmm. sacred word around. Yes. Uh, I'll 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 kind of edit it to say uh, investigative writing along with career advice. So I take what's going on in the news and I turn it into actionable advice and oh, kind of marry great. the two. So yeah, and I think it's it's a lot different take than what most people are used to. You either get one or the other. I'm trying to marry both and try, still trying to find what's a sweet spot. I don't know if I've arrived yet, but at least they're happy with it, and I'm happy and, uh, you know, uh, gotten some attention because of it. So, um, you know, we move on in that direction. So uh, tell us again uh, how, what the side is, how to spell Lenza. Uh, L-E-N-S-A. Dot com, L-E-N-S-A dot com. If you add a slash insights, you'll end up at their blog where you'll see a lot of my, uh, you'll see a lot of articles. I don't have an author page yet. I think that's coming. 
Uh, I don't know when it's coming, but I think it's coming. So that way you could just find me and my stuff. But in the meantime, you had to kind of sort through, you know, the different articles to find me. But mine is pretty distinctive. I'm not writing about resume and cover letters. Uh, that's somebody else's, uh, you know, niche. I write, you know, about, you know, what I just described. Well, there is a lot going on in what you just described because uh, the world, as I said, is is um, changing a lot. Let, let's talk um, about job search first a little bit and okay. then get into uh, kind of the bigger job market and, and, or excuse me, the workplace and some of the things that we can do to be successful in the, in the new world. One of the things uh, I've always liked about your your approach to job search is your is that you keep saying job search is a lifestyle. Is that the case more than ever? What do you mean by that? And and what does that mm-hmm. lifestyle have to look like these days? Well, it, I think more people have embodied it. Um, I think the younger people have embodied it even more so than than. Um, us older folks. Um, and it breaks down basically to just several elements. One, job search as a lifestyle is mobile. You're able to use your mobile phone anytime, any place. And you can you, you can learn while you're standing in line, while you're taking a bus or an Uber, you, while you're at a family event, or maybe uh, at the sacred place of church, wherever that is, while you're waiting, sitting, still, you can engage your career in some kind of learning uh, or content uh, for that fact, or cons- consumption of content. Um, then is 24-7 because it's any time, any time of night, somebody's awake in the world. And you think about it as we're on these different social platforms, most of us, if you have more than the few hundred connections, you're likely connected to somebody across the world where they're starting their day. Like if we're here in the States at 12 o'clock at midnight, it's eight o'clock in the morning in the UK. So think about how that is just continual, uh, is not just continual news feed, but it's a continual way to engage your career in some kind of way. Uh, It's year round for sure. Uh, even during the holidays, we encourage job seekers to to continue to job search if they're trying to find a job. Any relationship can be a connection uh, that's valuable, and that runs from any position or any age. Uh, I know people who have children who've connected with parents who've connected them with jobs. So it yeah. could be any relationship, and. I've already stated, but basically anywhere. So, you know, your connections, your ability to learn, your ability to have an impact could be at the barbershop. It could be at a volunteer event. It could be at a social family party club anywhere uh, because it can be done now. All right. So let me restate this because I want to emphasize kind of several different themes you said so we don't lose them. Part of the lifestyle is, of course, recognizing that people don't hold the same jobs forever anymore. And so we're always kind of 
every day we're doing today's job and we're also preparing for the next one. And and the ways you can prepare, you mentioned, you can learn. There's so much content out there that's so useful. You can connect with people through all of the apps, particularly like LinkedIn, but all kinds of things. And you can meet new people. Um, but I want to go further than what you just said. Uh, okay. You certainly can connect. Uh, you and I connected I can't even remember if somebody introduced us or we just bumped into each other years ago on LinkedIn. I remember exactly how. <laughs> oh. And I, and I was I was telling um I, I think it was my son, my oldest son's story about how I just said I I connected with you, I initiated it and uh-huh. I wrote I you had a couple of my friends. I think you had Mark Miller and I believe yeah. you had, I, I want to say Hannon? you had Hannon. Uh, not Carrie Hannon, though I know Carrie Hannon. Uh, um, Hannah Morgan, I believe, was. Yes, on I did. It was Hannah Morgan. It was particularly those two. And I mm-hmm. wrote you, I said, you had a couple of my friends. I just want to connect. They're great interviews, love the show. And you wrote back, and it was. So I, I was, you just happened to be on my site looking at an interview or, or a conversation. Between yes. Hannah and yes. I, I had, I had been following you. <laughs> You'd be following me, so, which was a great big surprise. So, so that's how it works. And, yes. uh, it's it, sometimes it's, it's pretty random and you can't get discouraged if you're trying to connect with somebody. I, there are a few, uh, podcasts and th- things I'd love to be on, but I haven't figured out how to reach people because they seem to be hiding their addresses. <laughs> but, you know, don't take it personally. Uh, it's a busy world out there. And so you do, you just keep trying uh, to connect. But one thing mm-hmm. that um, um, I want to add to that is that connecting in person is still a good thing too. It's really um, uh, nice. Like you said, you could be in the barbershop, you could be at your church, you could be all kinds of places. And everybody that you develop a, a relationship with, even a casual relationship, every one of those people is somebody you can turn to when you want to make uh, a new connection, when you want advice, when you want to learn something. And that by having lots and lots of, of people in your life in different ways, you have more kinds of opportunities, right? Right. Right. Yeah, you can. But I think the biggest difference, uh, you can go ahead and finish what you were saying. I don't want to interrupt. What, what no, no, go to the biggest difference. What's the, the biggest, biggest difference? difference? I think um, we were raised to needing the physical touch and Mm -hmm. younger people don't need that. They've, uh, they accept that virtual as the real touch as the real relationship. Uh, They don't, they take the, the passage to entry is not obstructed by distance or touch. It is by connection. You have a purpose and a value, same as mine. We're connected. Period. There's no. Well, well, I can't wait to meet you in that in, in that sense. Even though it's kind of a bonus now 
to be to have in, in person. And I think people will still go out of the way to have that. But I think uh, I think a lot of us, I'm not saying all of us, because I think I've adapted that thing because I saw how valuable it is because with the podcast, you don't have, you know, I started in 2013. So you didn't have time to, you know, vet and try to figure out what it's going to look like physically. You just accept it and you kind of carry that on with you. But I think it's something that that's something people will have to adapt to. Well, I, I kind of agree with you, but I disagree with you on a something. First, okay. I've been working mostly remotely, coaching people mm-hmm. across the country by the old-fashioned telephone for almost 20 years. And um, I have um, contacts all over the place. And sometimes I've visited clients' offices and I've given speeches and things like that. But I, like you, I think I'm uh, very comfortable in a remote environment. And during COVID, you know, I, I had my infrastructure in place, the technology, mm-hmm. the base of people. So so I think you can go a long way. But there is uh, another issue, and, and that is there's lots of research suggesting that human beings have evolved to need other people. Sometimes for some, it's the physical uh, access to other people. It really varies. And also to be in the natural world. And uh, there's research um, suggesting that uh, our youngest people in the workplace have, have a higher level of loneliness and mental health issues than has been the case in the past. And I, and that doesn't mean you cannot work remotely. It means that in your life, it's good to have the skill set to connect with other people. It may not seem directly related to the job, but it can be connected to your well-being, and that impacts your work. And it's again, it's not just other people. It's also nature. So, um, the all kinds of kind of new studies saying that college students who get outside and engage in outside activity tend to have a higher sense of happiness and well-being than people who are just always in the room. So, so yes, the remote work is wonderful, but uh, don't forget people because, you know, we evolved over thousands of years to um, do well when we have social contact. And I don't disagree at all. I think it actually complements because I think when, if I need somebody, if I need some physical touch, I need it from my family. I need it from my wife. I need it from mm-hmm. my mom. I need it from uh, those extended family people uh, that mean a lot to me. And also people who I really want to really meet physically, because there's, that's a special connection that you, you yeah. can't take away the value from that. But if I'm engaging in business, I'm engaging in a certain way, and I know there's only there's several levels to that, but not the uh, not the family level or the friends level. I can live with you know having the virtual world and the virtual relationships be the real relationships. It, 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 we're not excluding the physical touch. We're mm-hmm. just saying, yeah. I don't need that. I don't need that as the initial initial terms of engagement, so to speak. I don't need it to initiate the relationship. There is a um, 
a generational divide, which I find um, troubling to the extent I have friends who are a good bit younger than I am, and they're totally uh, resistant to using not just social media, but tools like Slack, um, doing yeah. research in a smart way online. I I think that when I'm working with clients, and I work with a lot of people, kind of like in their prime, maybe mm-hmm. um, 40s, 50s leaders, that's a that's something that I, I look uh, for as a, as a sort of a red flag. If somebody is... Uh, resisting the technology their field is using if they don't want to try something i know they're heading for trouble because part of doing your job these days is understanding the communication and other technologies that support your field and it's 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 just become basic for everybody no matter how old you are right 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 this particular point is that if you're planning to have a career and plan to thrive you a lot of the barriers are self-induced more than yeah. they are actual barriers. Is that you've decided that you will only engage in a certain way? Then, of course, when the terms of engagement change, so does the results that you're expecting. So you'll have to change the expectations then, and then you know you can't expect the same. You can't pour. Uh, new wine and old wine skins, as they say. Uh-huh. Uh, you really, you really, you uh, have to learn to adapt and adapt again and adapt again. And we're used to that as human beings. And in fact, our bodies even are able to adapt to different types of weather and different types of stresses and to uh, you know different habits that we have. Our bodies can do that. But a lot of times we're resistant. Those of us who, you know, you know, older, we're resistant because you know we're uncomfortable, and that uncomfortable, uh, you know, is a red flag for us. But really, it's sort of like it really is new growth area if we give it a chance. We'll be back with Bev after this brief message. Are you ready to make a difference in the world? The Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Affairs at Ohio University can give you the skills to do just that. The school offers a multidisciplinary approach where public policy, environmental studies, and entrepreneurship come together to educate tomorrow's leaders. Learn more about the Master's in Public Administration or Environmental Studies by visiting ohio.edu backslash Voinovich School. I think sometimes people who are expert, again, thinking of of some of my clients who tend to be highly Mm -hmm. accomplished lawyers or whatever, as well as leaders, they feel embarrassed about stumbling their way through a new technology when everybody else around them finds it easy. And, uh, you know, part of being a grown up is you get over that. You learn how to be, um, you learn how to, to fail uh, or feel like a failure and 
tell yourself, this is not failure. This is just a start. Beginnings can be challenging, beginnings for anything. And one of the things that um, older people often have that's helpful in the workplace and can be helpful to their younger peers is, is a perspective that just because things aren't going well doesn't mean it's not the beginning of something great. You know, you, yes. as you say, people do adapt and learning to um, kind of turn failure into a learning experience is one of the things that does come with more experience, right? Yeah, I think so. And I think in both generations, there is this resistance to meet somebody halfway at times because that's yeah. where, where it is. Uh, and I think that's where uh, some people even learn. I, I think of there are young people who actually don't mind being mentored by older people at all. In fact, some mm-hmm. of them, a lot of them, that is their, they would rather do that, especially when it comes to life. When it comes to life, they're willing to, to yeah, should I or should I not, uh, you know, um, how should I exercise? How should I? They're not in a lot. Interesting enough, a lot of them will go old school with them, um, especially when it comes to music these days. A lot uh-huh. more of them. Uh, there was a, a, a study, I guess it was done by Atlant- the Atlantic, the magazine. Uh-huh. I guess they revealed that uh, that that uh, 70% of the uh, top 40 are of that of streamings uh, are the older songs, not the newer ones. So that says quite a bit about what, you know, what they're willing to learn, what they're willing to just talk about the yeah. younger people. So I think everybody just, just sometimes needs to just chill. <laughs> I, well, I'm with you, but that's, I, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Well, you know, one of the things that I've seen happen organically, it's 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 not always easy to set it up um, as a program, but um, when it works, it works. Is and that's reciprocal mentoring, where you have a younger person and an older person, and they kind of get together and they talk, and the idea is that both of them need help. the The older person may be struggling with technology or understanding. Um, the new workers or whatever it is. And um, the the young person is really interested. How did you get this far? How did you learn this? Uh, survival skills. And um, so that can work well. And the, the um, way I think to develop that is you both have to be kind of honest with each other about what you need to get started. Yeah, I think the best things are caught not taught so it it doesn't have Ah. to be this official teaching moments that everybody's got to have to get the mentorship it's like i love watching certain people and i can almost name them by names who i love watching what they do and how they talk uh uh, talk about careers and job search because it's so unique and there are times when i don't know them and I've reached out to them and say, hey, come on my podcast, come on the live stream, you know, connect with them, text with them. It's wonderful because I, I do, it wasn't anything they sat out and said, this is how you do it. 
I saw something and said, I need to learn that. So I need to get closer to that person. I just wrote down your phrase, which I had not uh, been familiar with. Caught, not taught. That's terrific. That really sums it it. up. I I stole it from somewhere. I don't remember where. (laughs) (laughs) But I think, but but, but it's nothing, but it's nothing you. But I think it is the matter of, and I think that's just maybe another way people meet in the middle. It's not particularly that you have to have this teaching authority, but if you see something and it looks intriguing, why not watch for a while? And why not just ask questions for a while? And it, just to see, and that's a bonding point, right? That's a great way to really, yeah. uh, to really, to really learn and to really also apply. And if something doesn't work out the same way, you watch some more, you learn some more, maybe learn from another person, and put that together into a package that works for you. Well, the job statistics uh, are suggesting there are going to be more opportunities for. Um, talking across the generations, because during COVID, a lot of people retired sooner than they expected. And now it looks like, for a variety of reasons, um, some of those folks are coming back into the workplace. People are unretiring. Have you been noticing that? Yeah, there is a, there is a certain sub, there's a, you know, a sector of older workers that uh, if they didn't create what they the other opportunities they have, they're trying to come back into the working world. For some of them, they I mean, for some, you know, they've they under, they built this capital in the workplace uh, and perhaps a, a, an expertise or a reputation in their industry. So the the buried entry. It's a little bit better for them, but for others, they're really struggling because they didn't build that uh, entry point uh, and didn't build that reputation. And it's a little bit tougher to come into the same field that they've been. I think since the uh, Great Recession, one thing didn't change that a lot of older workers end up taking jobs that they, they didn't come into. So, you know, some you have managers who become uh, they like building things. They go to Home Depot and they start building things and start helping people in that way or that they've gone to uh, they've become Starbucks managers or become substitute teachers, but not become you know, the, uh, you know, the brand ambassador they once were for the company or their, the subject matter expert that they once were. Yeah. I, I, I know of several lawyers who have started handyman businesses Mm -hmm. because they can do as much, they do something they did for fun kind of as their hobby and, uh, they don't want to work more than they want to work. They want to be able to choose and they can control their clients and they've developed a skill set and there's a desperate need in a lot of homes for help. And so uh, all kinds of people are creating businesses. This is a kind of a cool story is that my electrician, my, that I have for a building that I own, um, he actually became an electrician before he retired from his uh, 
tax accountant job that he had for 30 something years. Wow. And that was just like, and he, what he did was he caught people in lies about their taxes and their accounting. That was his job for, for the, I think it was for the state. And so he did that for years. And then he was able to retire and then go into owning uh, property. But really, uh, his love is electricity, is as electrician. He's a certified bonded electrician, and he loves working with his hands. He comes, does a job. He he experienced so much during that time that uh, he, since he got the trade, that he was able to you know automatically do that. And it was a fairly young man. He was in his early fifties when he retired from from the state. Not not in his. Uh, not in the 60s, like so he was able to uh, do it at an age where he was able to climb ladders and move around and have some mobility. Well, there's um, a lot of entrepreneurial activity like that going around, but something else yes. I think that's just starting is that employers who are having trouble finding the talent they need are becoming mm-hmm. more flexible. It used to be that some employers would not consider part-time work. They wouldn't consider shared jobs. They were very rigid in their structure. But now, because they, they need people, they're starting to look at, uh, particularly early retirees, as, um, as trainable um, and adaptable. And they're looking to bring them in in, in kind of more flexible arrangements. I think that's just starting, but it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It not only makes sense, but it might be cost-effective depending upon how old. I mean, uh, some of the uh, those who are over 65, if they're still able to do the job, you don't have to worry about it. Uh, insurance benefits because yeah. they're, they're covered by Medicare. The reason why Good a lot point. of people are returning to work is because of they're not able to get Medicare yet. Now, if the government wants to do us a favor and kind of shift that age up a little bit, I mean, back a little bit to maybe 60, then maybe that will make it a little bit better for folks. But I don't see that day coming anytime soon. But all that to say is that the benefits, the health insurance is a bear to pay for. I mean, I was telling you earlier, my wife retired and it's a it's a land share to pay for uh-huh. uh, the, the insurance, and that's probably the biggest cost. And in fact, one of your guests and my really good friend uh, Mark Miller, uh, he moved abroad, which a lot a few older people have done, like to Mexico. Uh, he lives in Mexico, and because the insurance is so low, I mean, uh, times when I've texted back with him. Uh, he tells me the cost of some of the care that he has is laughable to imagine having to pay or to pay thirty dollars for something some significant care for either a dentist or for a physician. Wow. Well, there is a lot of um, opportunity, I think, to to make um, re-entering the workplace more yes. accessible. And to provide more benefits, and um, I think 
it's a complicated situation, but there is sign of some new flexibility, which I find reassuring. But before we leave, I just noticed the time. I always have so much fun with you and I was losing track of it, but I just noticed. But before we leave, I would like to ask you to go back to the topic of job search that where people mm-hmm. really look to you for advice and say, mm-hmm. if if there are people who are listening to us today and they're just kind of thinking, oh, I really need a new job, but I, I'm, I don't know how I'm afraid to begin. For those people, do you have any suggestions on what do you do today if you're just starting to, to begin the process of your job search? Yeah. Uh, thank you. I, I appreciate that question. I'm always ready to get that kind of advice um, on kind of uh, if, um, you know, Roman numeral one was job search as a lifestyle. Uh, point A would be uh, networking should be and could be greater than Google search engine. Uh, not just the volume of, of networking people need to think about. It's to network deeper. And I know that might not be the quick fix. A lot of people are here, but really the reason why judge search needs to be a lifestyle because it is not a quick fix. Um, if you're always in a learning mode and a networking mode, uh, you can make quicker progress in that. So, uh, you know, don't, don't let online relationships be a barrier to having deeper relationships and do both the, the real life and the online, um, everywhere and anywhere are possibilities. So that's the way you think about it and continue. Um, I don't know if I ever shared this as I think about, you know, but Learn to be the prescription to the employer's job description. Learn yes. to be the be prescriptive in offering whoever you talk to. Be ready to you know solve their problems, whatever their problems are, not just any problems, but network in a way of find do more of finding out what their problems are than you saying that you're the solution. Uh, sometimes one great solution could lead to a great opportunity. So think about what they want and need and figure out a way to help give it to them. I think that's always good advice. 90% is the listening aspect, is being uh-huh. able to hear something. People don't know what they are saying sometimes when they're trying to describe what's going on with their company and how they're navigating their job. They don't know what they're saying, but you could decipher that if you're listening uh, uh, much more than talking. It's, it's sort of like having been married for years. Um, <laughs> tomorrow, tomorrow I celebrate, my wife and I celebrate 31 years. But oh, after so many years of being, thank you. But after being so many married, so many years, you hear things from the tone and from the description and the, sometimes even the, the breath that somebody takes, then you do the actual words. Then you, go, you can go meet that need. It's the same yes. thing when you network deeply and have those conversations where you know that you can provide that type of solution for them. 
That is excellent advice as always. Mark, thank you so much for um, joining me here today. I look forward to our next conversation sometime. And meanwhile, I hope uh, you have a wonderful spring. Well, thank you. And you do the same. Great to talk to you. Today, we've been talking with Mark Dyson about how to create an effective job search and to thrive at work. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Bev Jones, author of Find Your Happy at Work. Today's tip is that you can help people succeed in a multi-generational workplace by encouraging reciprocal mentoring. That means younger and older workers pair up together to help each other grow. Thanks for listening to Jazz About Work. And if you like the show, please tell your friends.